You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series, 40 Days with James. Now looking at Genuine Wisdom. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. This is day 21 in our journey through James, 40 days in all. So we're beginning the second half right now with a talk that's called Genuine Wisdom. Last time we looked at pseudo-wisdom, and I'd like to read, uh, I'd like to back up a little bit before today's offering, which uh, covers the final two verses of James 3. As we read before, such wisdom, this is the pseudo-wisdom, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Now, verses 17 and 18. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, reap a harvest of righteousness. So we need to talk about genuine wisdom. And I also promised we'd be looking at a passage that most churches ignore. By the way, when I say ignore, I don't mean that they never read it, but I mean the plain meaning is set aside or rationalized. We'll get to that in just a moment. Remember that James himself was personally involved in Christian ministry, as we all should be, but not just involved, he was someone who had great potential to preserve unity, to build bridges. As one theologian put it, James is burdened with a desire for communal unity, but unfortunately, the inevitable result of unruly tongues, unholy zeal, and unchecked party spirit is chaos and division. It's not an easy task, but we understand the letter of James better when we understand the background, the needs he was addressing. He, he's well known as a mediator and peacemaker. This was a reputation among Jews and Christians. He wanted to be the peacemaker. Uh, he, didn't, uh, he hated the factions and the frictions. Uh, and so think of that as you read this passage. Now, it's not just James who teaches this and lived this. How about the Apostle Paul? Some people wanted to make fun of him and say that he's actually quite a weak guy, but as long as he was at a safe distance, he would use big words. He would be bold, which if you know Paul, you know that's certainly not true. He was quite consistent. Read about his life in the letters and read in Acts, and it fits nicely. In 2 Corinthians 10, we read, Now I, Paul, myself, urge you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, hold that phrase, I who am meek when face to face with you, but bold toward you when absent. And I think he's quoting his critics here. And he does have some uh, very strong things to say. And yet he is gentle. In Galatians, he speaks of gentleness as one of the fruits of the Spirit. When someone is trapped in sin, someone who's more mature can restore him in gentleness. In 1 Timothy, he tells Timothy to pursue gentleness, among other things. 
to pursue it. It's not, oh, that would be nice if you could be gentle, but if not, just get the job done. Titus 3, verse 2, hit me, uh, hit me. I guess it was three years ago in, in my personal study, and it was a passage that I, I, I wanted to say I'm following this, but I realized I wasn't. Let me just read it. Uh, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities. That's 3-1. To be obedient, to be ready for every good work. So far, I was okay. I pay my taxes. I try to respect authority. I'm ready for work. I, actually, I like to work. But it's 3-2. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, and I'm still feeling a pretty good in my conscience here, and then to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. And what hit me was the memory of so many times in the recent past where I've been somewhat courteous or not courteous and discourteous, whereas we're called to perfect courtesy. This is part of God's wisdom, being a peacemaker. How could we ever change if we're in a bad habit? Well, the very next verse in Titus says, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, and so forth, hating uh, one another, hated by others, hating one another. That's that conflict model, uh, which is so um, prevalent in political discourse, in religious disagreement. So how can that change? Well, Paul says, when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, basically he saved us, he washed us in mercy. And because of that, we can be pure, we can be loving, and we should avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, quarrels about the law, unprofitable and worthless. And then the next very next section is about the divisive person. That's the other end of the spectrum. Now, you're so ungentle, so discourteous, uh, you just you know, cause, you drive a wedge in relationships. Jesus, on the other hand, was perfectly gentle, perfectly meek, and he taught, blessed are the meek, Matthew 5, 5. And when he said, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he gives a reason in verse 29, that he himself is meek, he himself is gentle. Ah, okay, so this is Douglas, how is this a passage that's ignored? This sounds all very biblical. Ah, <laughs> it's ignored, uh, particularly in uh, churches with strong male leadership, and in most evangelical churches, it's ignored, because although the passages are, are read, they're viewed, the, the subject matter is viewed as being somewhat feminine, somewhat optional, particularly for a Christian leader. The notion of manhood in the evangelical movement has changed a lot in the last 50 years. Um, I read a book and was privileged to join in an interview with the author of the book, Jesus and John Wayne. And I believe that uh, the author makes an excellent case. She's an historian and she explains how this concept changed. In the earlier 20th century, evangelical manhood was viewed quite differently than it is now. Uh, let me let me just illustrate a little bit. I'll, I'll just name some things. We we value personality, including charisma, much more than character. I think that's backwards. The the man or the man's man now he's 
He's a bit rough around the edges, but that's okay. You know, he, you know, boys love to wrestle and they like to build things and break things and, you know, don't blame him. That's his nature. Men, they, they get into fights. Okay. They may be a bit rude, but there's always time to change. They'll be hunters. They'll be athletes. They'll join the military. Uh, they'll kill people. Uh, and they need a, a mighty cause to be engaged in. Otherwise, they won't be fulfilled. Authors who are very interesting, and I think make some very good points, like John Eldridge, also teach this concept of the male. He's anything but gentle. He's a bit of a chauvinist, take-charge guy. Well, we, we can tolerate his shouting and his anger, but the problem is he tends to abuse others and then bullies them into not saying anything. He, he abuses people orally. He abuses, with his words, that is, he abuses people uh, physically sometimes and women sexually quite often. This fellow has zeal. We need zeal, but does it come with knowledge? He's on the impulsive side, but he's let off the hook for not thinking things through and being a poor communicator. Anyway, we have to have someone leading us. And besides, the elders will clean up after him. <laughs> okay. Now, if you think I'm describing one person, I'm not. I'm describing a type. It's a, a type I've witnessed, I've observed through the years. And I'm not saying that all men are like this, nor am I saying that all church leaders are like this. But please don't misunderstand me there. But this is the new common concept of evangelical manhood. So does he love his enemies? Well, yeah, you know, he kills his enemies. Um, uh, is he gentle? No, he's a man. I mean, what do you expect? Uh, does he do things he shouldn't do? Well, don't we all? And uh, along with this goes a tendency to cover up. And in uh, Kristen DeMay's book, Jesus and John Wayne, she explains how things are covered up. And it's really quite, uh, quite revealing. And I realize as a young Christian, although this shift in the movement, evangelical movement, was really just taking place, this is in the 70s, uh, maybe I should say I was particularly mm, suited to such a change. As a young Christian, I would read passages about compassion, you know, like in Colossians 3, and run over them pretty quickly. They're not passages I would choose for memory. <laughs> now, a passage on sacrifice, sure. Self-denial, yes. The fruit of the Spirit, okay. Love, joy, peace, patience, yeah, I, I know that right? Okay, we're supposed to do that. But I didn't revel in such passages. To me, and I think to many men, they seemed feminine. Well, that's what women do. They're gentle. They're peaceful. They, you know, they're, they don't have outbursts of anger like men tend to do. We can hardly help it. It's our hormones after all. So as a young Christian, I was not inspired by a huge number of passages in the Bible that encourage us to live this way. I've changed my mind, uh, well, especially in the last 20 years, changed my mind on this. And this is why I can say that most churches don't teach this passage. Because what they will say, and let me just read it one more time, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere. Does that describe you if you're a man? Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. This is the way Jesus lived. 
It's the way Paul led his ministry and those whom he trained. This is the standard of manhood. It's Jesus's character. That's the standard. He's gentle. He's meek. He doesn't break the reed. He doesn't put out the smoldering wick. He's loving. These are not feminine virtues we're talking about. These are spiritual virtues. Not to have them is, well, by absence and definition, to have vices instead. Is it virtues or vice? These virtues are for all brothers and sisters. In fact, I think it's one thing that makes Jesus Christ as a character, as a person himself, so attractive, so unusual. Because in the world, leaders, the more and more influence they have, the the less gentle they tend to be. Hmm? Or they preside over brutal power structures where the little man is just a cog. Um, He's replaceable. He's expendable. But that is not the way God looks at us uh, who are created as his image. If you want more on this, uh, in 2020, I I did 40 devotionals early in that year. I'll give you a link. That's on the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to look at this a lot more, because that's where we find all the passages about our character and the Beatitudes, how we are to uh, interact with enemies, like love them and don't kill them. (laughs) And uh, you may find that useful. Okay. In our our next uh, reflection, uh, I'll begin with... um, it's not really a reflection. I'm going to give you a bit of background to chapter four. I'll be brief. And then I'll be reading the whole letter of James in the New American Standard Bible. And in the following talk, we'll, uh, we'll get into a close reading of chapter four. Lord, we thank you for the scriptures today. I, I pray for me, I'll embody the qualities of meekness, of gentleness, to show perfect courtesy anytime I don't, please, Lord, make it obvious. Help me to see it, to figure it out, to see it on the other person's face, or let someone point it out to me. Please help me to continue to, to work on this. The, the harvest of righteousness that we, we long for, we know is connected with our wisdom. We don't want to have pseudo-wisdom. We want the wisdom from heaven that is peace-loving and considerate. We all have far to go. Forgive us in your Son. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's teaching on 40 Days with James. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.